Warning, if you listen to the Hideous Laughter podcast, you know that we like to delve into darker subject matter. However, this show will contain subject matter that is even darker than what is normally in the HLP. There are themes such as extreme gore and torture in the evil interlude. So, listeners, if that is not your jam, please continue to tune in to the regular episodes, but maybe give this one a skip. Otherwise, enjoy the evil interlude. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Hideous Laughter Podcast's Evil Interlude, episode 13. Lucky number 13, guys. The spookiest number. The evilest number. What about 666? Oh. When we get to episode 666, then... I'll be in, like, my 40s. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's my number in the Pokemon game. (laughs) Because I play a child's game. (laughs) So... Steve, what you drinking for this occasion? All right, Griff, I am drinking a little brew called Snow Cone. It's an extra pale ale, and this one's coming from Wolf's Ridge Brewing. Nice. Give us a try and tell you what I think. Tasty. Good beer. Speaking of tasty, Brooks. Aw. What you drinking? Thanks, Griff. I am drinking coffee. And uh, maple liqueur. Ooh, from, nice. Yes, uh, the maple liqueur bourbon that Smooth you time. and Haley have been so gracious to let me borrow. Well, actually have, because uh, you wouldn't want it back now. Yeah. But it's uh, exceptional, to say the least. How many coffees do you think you've had today? A number that I stopped counting a while back. A number that exceeds five. <laughs> I mean, probably serving wise. All right. Well, at least you're jazzed. You totally seem jazzed. You're you're looking perky over there. Why? Thank you very much. I feel very perky. Speaking of perky, Haley, what you drinking? I am drinking um, a jug of peach tea moonshine with peach tea. A jug. Is that a unit of measurement we're now using on the Hideous Laughter podcast? It it checks out. Does anyone disagree that it's a jug? I'm drinking a jug. It it only needs that little like finger hold handle. Yeah, yeah, that makes it so much easier instead of have a straw. It's nearly that big. Speaking of so much easier, Emily. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Which chicken? Jesus Christ. I have a Platform Red Martian, which is a slushy-style fruit punch sour ale. It's a pretty good balance of sweet and sour. How do you make a beer that's slushy-style? I think you just add extra, like, fruit flavors. It is pretty sweet. Okay. It tastes like cherry slushy, like cherry flavoring. Speaking of pretty sweet. But sometimes a little sour. And sometimes a little sour. I'm sour till I'm sweet. It's your GM Griff. I'm drinking a Vive, the dragon fruit kind. And I wanna I wanna make the listeners aware of what this is. If you're just catching up, 
We are doing the evil interludes regularly now, thanks to the kind donation of our patrons. And so, this is the first of that series. The first episode, standalone episode, of the evil interlude. So, we will be recording longer sessions for these, and enjoying the hell out of them. But unlike our previous releases of the evil interlude that happen on holidays, and we kind of release a huge chunk... These will come out episodically every other month and will be kind of longer form episodes. And I got to say, this one's going to be a doozy. I'm really excited. Where we find ourselves from last time. Well, some shit went down, didn't it, in Nadal? You guys found a recipe for something that the Whispering Way believes is going to bring back Tarbafan, the Whispering Tyrant. Something else happened, though. Our good doctor, Dr. Vivian Malice, accepted the blessing of Zonkathan and became a little more than human. And so, we find ourselves back in Ustalav. A couple of weeks after your trip to Nadal, which lines up kind of nicely because we're recording this a couple of weeks after the previous evil interlude. In relatively classic fashion, Nana Opal is hosting her friends for dinner. What happened to um, what happened to your uh, your little girlfriend, Saw? Anya? Uh, she has a 30% chance of survival in that cupboard. Okay. You want to roll it or you want me to? I'll roll it. Okay. How so, do we determine a 30% chance? Based on how much food that I imagine was in there. So, and how much of the other body was left in her will to survive. 70 and higher, she lived. Yeah. 73! Yes! <laughs> You're still torturing this poor girl, I'm sure. <laughs> Viv and Mr. Turner are... Uh, I think this might be the first time they're visiting you again since your collective trip. Maybe you guys took some time for yourselves. Time to relax and kind of reflect over the shenanigans that happened in Nadal. You're having dinner, and you hear a knock at the door. Saw, Derek. We'll get it. All right, here I go. So Saw opens up the door, and he sees the familiar face of a Arn Vrood, but this time a much larger shadow behind him. Oren, greet Saw. Hello, Saw. Mr. Vrood, last time you came a-calling, it was through some sort of magic. You're here in the flesh today. Well... What a surprise. I have something of an introduction to make. And... Who who is this fine suitor you're with? Fine suitor? (laughs) That's... I didn't know you swung that way, Saw. That's not what I meant. Uh, It certainly seemed like that. This is my good friend, Mathis Mordrenacht. 
and the man would step forward into the light and you would see although he appears relatively young at least too young to have the gray streaks in his long slicked back hair he has a neat trimmed beard but it's um it's relatively long and you can see streaks of gray it's salt and pepper uh he looks to you and you see the bright yellow of his eyes and he smiles a toothy fangy smile and puts out a hand to shake yours. Mr. Mathis, was it? Why, yes. Yes, it was. Pleasure. And what is your name? My name is Saw Moon Isle. It's a pleasure to meet you. Saw Moon Isle. I like that. I like that. You can call me Mathis. No need for the full name formalities, but it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to to meet you, uh, our mutual friend here has something he wants to discuss with us. Well, I'm very excited. Anytime Orin Rude comes a-calling, I know I'm going to have a good day. Why don't the two of you guys come inside and meet the rest of the family? Offer them a seat, Saw. He pulls out two chairs. I can take your coats if you want. Rude <laughs> <laughs> would slip you his, uh, his robe and you see his weird child skin vest that he wears from Nana uh, underneath um, buttoned up and beneath it he has kind of like a purple silk tie and he sits at the table Mathis isn't wearing a coat Uh, he seems perfectly content in his leathers and he would sit down as well Mr. Rude have you met my girlfriend? This is Anya. <laughs> Say hello, Anya. <laughs> Anya. I wouldn't. Not now. Hello, Mr. Rude. Better. What a lovely little pet you have here, Saw. She could be the one. I think she looks like it. She looks hardy. She's a survivor. And she's basically got stumps for a couple of her fingers at this point. And looks just completely battered. Um, I imagine you shove her back in the closet to make room at the table. I think, uh, I think if she survived the closet, I think she can be promoted to leash. Dude. <laughs> Just like chained to like a post in the house or something. Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she'll die when we leave her next time because she oh, won't no, have apparently access. Apparently she just no. has a 70% chance. Any no, not time. anymore. <laughs> I, no, I, I'll leave stuff out. <laughs> so I think I this is the one. I think she's the one, guys. I didn't think she'd survive. <laughs> well... Here we are. So Aaron would sit down after you're done with your uh, shenanigans, and he would uh, be 
begin. So I I have news of the formula you brought back from Nadal. I've had some of our more learned in the Arcane Ways members. Well, they've been dissecting it and attempting to reproduce what is written in it, but they haven't been able to decipher it. Unfortunately, it's beyond my powers. I'm more of a man of the gods, and this lies in ancient arcane knowledge. We have come up with a name for it, though, mainly derived from the ingredients that it seems to call for. We're calling it the Carrion Crown. Roll credits. I know it's only been a few weeks since your last journey, but you proved yourselves so useful in getting this formula that I figured I would ask you to do another favor for me. I have an associate. He has shown interest in joining the Whispering Way, although he isn't currently a member. But he's a very powerful arcane caster. (laughs) Maybe that power is what got him into trouble in Chiliac's. My associate is known only by the name A. He has been captured. Maybe they snuck up on him. For I don't think a wizard as capable as he is would go down easily. Nevertheless, he was captured in the Chelish city of Vire. They placed him in one of the most protected prisons in all of Avistan. It is known as Dunrock Prison, and it lies on an island just outside of Keelrack Bay. Now, my request is simple. I need A to decipher the Carrion Crown. I need his skills. He was once a whispering way hopeful. And I think we could sway him to our side again. Especially if the four of you are able to get him out of this situation. There is another matter. And that's why I brought my friend Mathis here. He and I go way back. I have helped him, well, become the leader of the Silver Hide werewolves in the Shutterwood. And so he owes me a bit of a favor as well. 
I think he'll be a great asset to you in this endeavor. Shapeshifters are hard to come by, and we, the fortunate ones, have too. I believe your best course of action would be to get these secret weapons, these two shifters, into the prison to find A. They, in my opinion, would be the best suited to go without all of their items and trappings. This other shifter would... That would be me you would be talking about, wouldn't it? Well, no one else at the table can turn into a tiger, can they, Saw? I don't really do cages. Don't be daft, daft, Saw. It is you. I don't do cages. I don't don't think I would... I I don't know if that's... Okay, I, uh... Saw, I'll take good care of you. Don't worry about that. You've got a capable hunter going in with you. If we go in together, I'll make sure we both get out together. Mathis, Mathis, Mathis. How do I know I can trust you to watch my back in this place? How do I know I can trust you, Mr. Vrood, not to leave me there? Mr. Vrood, I've done a few jobs for you and I'm not undead yet. So these things take time. You're not ready. We've known each other but a mere year. Hmm. You need to put your faith in this organization. Oh, what the hell? That a boy. What the hell? Hey, a shifter would never leave another in that place. I don't think you have to worry about it. No, and I'd like to hear more about that. You seem to know more shifters. I don't know any shifters. Well, <laughs> besides strange. myself. It's strange. We, well, we tend to live in packs. I'm surprised. I'd call you a lone wolf, but from Oren's description, it seems you turn into a tiger, which is different. I've never seen one of those. I think you're going to like what I can do. I'm not proud of it, but it's who I am. He's not alone. He has Dr. Vivian, who helps him, and he has Ed Turner, and of course he lives with me. Which which, which leads us to our next question, I imagine. The two of us go into the prison. But what's the plan for everybody else? They're not coming with us. No. You'll... Likely be better off if you have people on the inside and people coming in to get them. Now, Saw, you seem like a good man for this in part because you can handle yourself without weapons. But I don't think you'd be as suited to getting into the prison without a fight. Your friends here are very skilled at stealth and disguising, and I think they'd 
do a better job of swaying and changing guards' minds, letting them pass. We're all horrible at stealth, realistically, besides Dr. Vith. Ed and I just have, like, mind-affecting effects. But hey, I'm better at uh, stealth than I than I was when I started. I uh, dropped all my heavy armor. I'm really I'm going sleek mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I always knew um, Turner was an otter. Oh. <laughs> Do you accept this request? I can do it. I would like to defer to the rest of my friends if they want to come with and make this happen. I've heard very little from Dr. Viv and not much from Turner and Nana Opal either. If A is the man who can decipher this carrying crown, I'm all in. Plus, I can't lose my best patient. We've come so far, Saw. I could never leave you behind. <laughs> it's the love story we never knew about. <laughs> what if I'm... <laughs> what if Anya wasn't the one? <laughs> that really touches my heart, Miss Miss Malice. I, uh... I've learned a lot spending time with you. Mr. Turner. Bless your heart, Saw. You know, it, it would just not be quite as fun if we weren't able to get you out as you are now. And if anything, sounds chaotic in so many different ways. I love it. Obviously, I won't leave you to rot in there. We may want to talk specifics of how this is going to happen. How, how? I mean, it's not going to take a lot of provoking to, of me to attack someone of chelish nationality. I don't like them at all. That could be a way to get in. Well... I'll leave the getting in and the planning to you. That's why I'm asking you to do this. The prison is one of the best kept secrets in Cheliax. Nobody really knows what goes on inside. It's rumored that more than just prisoners lurk. In the depths. It would take some doing to be placed in Dunrock Prison, but I think you and Mathis can raise a little hell in Vire. You're coming to the right person to raise hell. When we get in there, how do we identify this? A. A is a great wizard, to be sure, and changes his appearance t- 
suit. I'm not entirely sure what he looks like. But I do know one thing, one strange quirk about his magic. He has a scar on his right shoulder that through whatever reason he was never able to change. No matter what form he took, that scar remains. Hmm. It appears to be an eye. At least that's what it looks like when I've seen it. You'll know him by this. And and how did he get in there? And how do you even know he's still alive? That I don't know. My informants have only told me that that was his fate, that he was placed in Dunrock when I went inquiring for him these past weeks to decipher the Carrion Crown. I only know that his incarceration is recent, within the last month. It's an eye like what's on your head, right? Not the letter. Yeah, it almost looks like uh, if you think of like the pharaonic eye, like like okay, a, okay, like a, the hieroglyph, except yeah. it doesn't have like the lashes that the pharaonic eye usually has. So it literally is just like an eye. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know if it was like branding of a, you know, some sort of letter, or if it was like a. You know, it, it it's he would tell you it's likely a branded eye, or but, somebody but cut an eye. Eye is an them. EYE. That's EYE, all. yes. All right. Eyeball. <laughs> a question: This prison, as we are to break in and then get out. Are there any sort of, well, secret entrances, a layout that we could possibly use, or guards that we know are properly paid? These things I leave to you to discover. My informants have not told me of any such secret entrances. Or given me any knowledge on guards that might be swayed, but you will find that in the city of Vire, nearly everything has a price that you can pay. And if you're willing to seek out some of the keys of Dunrock, as they're known, the guards frequent many of the taverns and brothels around town. You should be able to contact some of them outside of the prison instead of rushing straight in. So I'm hearing Nana gets a job at the broth. Talks up a guard. In my heyday, maybe. (laughs) It's canon. She could get it. Where are high charisma characters at? Oh, wait. <laughs> or maybe I'm they. I'm charisma. I actually am one of the higher ones. Or maybe, I mean, equally uh, as charismatic as Mr. Turner. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Who Turner's knows? an honor. Who knows? I mean, we don't judge. 
they uh, they they Turner could be a different no, brothel. Turner and Opal will uh, go to the brothel. Okay. Um, yeah. This sounds like this sounds like where I wanted this arc to go. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Viv will go to the bar. I won't railroad you. I'm excited for you to uh, make your characters Holy prostitutes. Sh- no, let's uh, let's take this, no, this path. No, <laughs> I super don't want to. Do you have any other questions for me? This island. Has anyone escaped before? There are stories of escapes from this prison. Oh, thank God. (laughs) There are also stories of prisoners. Well, let's just say many people get arrested and sent to Dunrock Prison. Yet it never reaches capacity. Oh. I see. And I'm assuming that transportation is also a solution we must figure as we go. No, 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 Ed. You know I take care of it. You'll set sail again. On your ship, we can pilot it with the skeletal crew, although I do need fresh bodies for that little trick. Do you think you could collect them for me? Why? Of course. I mean, I appreciate... uh, you're asking, and, uh, well, I would hope to think that our abilities have shown themselves and that we are absolutely up for the task. I've been meaning to collect a little bit more data. This is the perfect occasion. Well, I'll need... At least 15. We'll set sail from the shore of Lake Incarthen once again. You will follow the river mouth to Conqueror's Bay, where you'll sail around the point of Cheliax to Vire. It will be a somewhat long journey. At least a week and a half, if you make good time. A week and a half to get there, or a week and a half round trip? To get there, so... Oh, we're gonna have to leave a lot of food for Anya. If you wish, I can take care of her. Oh, that would be lovely. (laughs) She's gonna die. She can't die. Oh, I wouldn't dream of it. Okay. But we will take her close. I trust you. She's very special to me. And with that, you have your mission. You gather up your innocence after this, slaughtering them, and, um, you know, Vrood has given you the tools to make them a skeletal crew once again, and your ship set sail 
What does your ship look like? And what is it named? I'll leave that up to you, as this is now yours. So I think uh, in the in the past couple weeks, Saw's actually made a trip or two down to uh, down to the docks to get this ship ready to go for the next adventure, whatever that may be. Um, and he's actually scraped the old name off the side of the boat um, and painted over in a in red paint that looks suspiciously like blood. Um, blood would wash off in the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would. He would title it, or he would call the ship the Backbreaker, and it's it looks kind of shitty. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of per, uh, profession sailor points, so he can keep it ship shape, but kind of just barely. So he would tar everywhere there needs to be tar, but he doesn't clean it up very well. Um, the The sails look kind of ragged; they still certainly work. But, you know, it's a ship that's seen better days, but certainly is uh, you, you would you would tell that it's not owned by any government or Navy where if you see it on the horizon, you know, trouble's coming. OK, so it looks a bit more like a pirate ship than a um, than like a Navy naval vessel. Definitely. And that makes sense with Saw's background. And the mainsail has a giant painted paw print on it. <laughs> Great. So, you set sail on the backbreaker with your skeletal crew, and you get deeper into Lake Incarthen, and you remember these inky black waters sailing by night. The... Moon looks full, and I think Saw being the the one who probably cares the most about this ship uh, is up on the main deck, looking out over the water, and uh, he hears footsteps behind him, and Mathis would walk up and join him looking over the banister. Hello, Saw. How are you? I've got my sea legs back. I'm having a lot of fun, Mathis. Did you used to be a seafaring tiger? You know, oddly enough, I was a seafaring tiger. I spent a lot of time on ships like this bringing all sorts of hell to all corners of the shackles. <laughs> I didn't think cats liked water. <sighs> Only if we get in it, Mathis. Well, I usually smell like wet dog after I'm done. Oh, I, saw, I smelled you coming from a mile away. And that's not a bad thing. It's a pleasing scent, the scent of the shapeshifter. Us were creatures. We're not all the same, but... I do think that the were-tiger and the were-wolf, you'd think we'd be mortal enemies like the cat and the dog, but I don't see it that way. You don't? No, I... Now, you're the first were-cat I've met, but 
Have you ever met a were bear? Not that I know of. <laughs> uh, they're prissy fuckers. Always trying to do good. <laughs> I don't do good. I feel that way as well. You see, uh, Aaron helped me take over my my pack. Is it just wolves in your pack? In the Shutterwood, it's only wolves. As far as I know. Hmm. My pack comes from, well, a long line of naturally born werewolves. How did you come to come to have this gift? Mr. Mathis, I'm natural born as they come. In fact, I don't think, even think it was my parents who had this gift. Somewhere up the, the chain, my family tree, someone shacked up with a devil. And now I'm here. The second or third generation spawn hell-cursed bastard that you see today. But I've grown to. I've learned to love myself. It's funny. I noticed the horns, and I've been meaning to ask. I've... I've been a couple of tieflings in my day. They don't seem to take to the curse. But it looks like you have. I think you might be one in a million, Saw. I wasn't bitten. I was born, baby. And these horns get a lot bigger when I get mad. (laughs) I'm sure... I'm sure I'll be seeing that... In some time. I feel like I heard laughing from below deck. I wonder what's so funny. I don't know. Maybe Mr. Turner told a good joke. He's a real side splitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy likes to oh, talk. Oh, Viv's a, Viv's a real side splitter, too, but in a very different way. Yeah, I'm a little worried about her. She's different than she was a couple weeks ago. She's been eyeing me up, too. I think... Is she doing experiments on you? Because I don't I don't know how many were creatures she's gotten to poke around with, but I I don't want to be one of her subjects. It's less experiment and more therapy. Therapy. <laughs> you run with a strange crowd. Do you consider them your pack? Hmm. That's a very good question, Mathis. One of them is my adoptive grandmother. Is your grandmother in your pack? She was. Well, then maybe I run in my pack. Maybe, but my grandmother was also a wolf. Hmm. My grandmother's not. She's a lot different than I am. But we see past each other's differences. Do you ever find it strange not being with others that are like you I don't know I don't know what that life is like I've always been surrounded by my kind I've only ever met my other kind once a man by the name of Rick Mitt and there was a lady too she was pretty you've met Rick Mitt 
Yeah, do you know him? <laughs> I do. He seemed he seemed nice. Yeah, I've met that wolf before. He's not a part of my pack. No? No. One of the one of the weaker packs. In the Shutterwood. The Prince's Wolves. Prince. You guys have a hierarchy? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yes, but Prince is a fancy title. The Prince's Wolves were... Well, they followed one of the old princes of Ustalav who contracted the curse himself. You know, they actually didn't get along with your kind. My kind? Well, I, don't I say see that... how we're so different. I say that in terms of... Your organization. Now, I'm not directly a part of the Whispering Way, although Arin and I see eye to eye from time to time, and and we take care of each other's dirty work, but the Prince's Wolves, way, way back, they actively opposed Tarbafan. Oh. Well, we don't. Well, I obviously can tell. Neither do I. The birds are lovely this time of night. I... There's some sort of birdemic situation going on here. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, it must be a school of fish. Hmm. Uh, quick. Somebody get your coat hangers. <laughs> That's a pretty good birdemic joke. Um... <laughs> Where were we before the birds interrupted us? <laughs> Rickmit. So you're saying he he's not he's not in line with us. No. No, he I think if he knew what you were, he would have he would have attacked you. And you coming from all just wolves haven't. Will there ever be a place in your tribe for someone like me? Not necessarily me, per se. So, my pack comes from a bloodline. A bloodline that we all share. The Mordrenach bloodline. I am a direct descendant, but many of my pack are at least relatives. You can join the bloodline through another member of the pack, but generally speaking, it's not a common occurrence. Hmm. I... I don't want to... I don't want to make you feel bad or put you down with this information. I just don't think someone like you would even be comfortable with us. It's hmm. a rather... Narrow-minded point of view, Mr. Mathis, but if that's the way your clan believes, that's okay. And maybe I'll start my own. I'd like that. Anya is very promising. Do you think you'll turn her? I hadn't thought about it really until now, but I think maybe. She's got a beast in her. She does. I don't want to know the implications of that. Did you put one your there? Your word's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, Saw and Mathis kind of 
have a conversation into the evening. And a few days later, you arrive at Vire. And you actually have to anchor your ship outside of the port. They call it Kilrak for a reason. The water is too shallow for most larger vessels. So you make it to port and you take your um, your lifeboat into skiff. like the yeah your skiff into the actual uh, into the actual port um, and your ship remains anchored kind of in it's like a sheltered bay but it's not quite at the docks you see as you pass a great gothic looking building on one of the islands on the far side of the bay friends I I think that's well that's Dunrock Ah, now we can finally get our reconnaissance on. So is the plan to check out the prison before they go murder people? I I think it would be beneficial for Saw to at least get a little bit of info on it before he goes. Yeah. But we have to be careful that it's not necessarily that, well... That a guard doesn't see him directly get information and then be let in, and then it would look funny if he was suspiciously captured. I I do have two points to make here. From what I know about Dunrock, and I know very little, it is a uh, it's a build. It's like it's kind of like Alcatraz. Yep, mm-hmm. like it's out in the middle of the water. You pretty much have to be sent there. Um, and two. Brooks's iPad next to me has Google searched extinct tiger dog and there's a bunch of images. <laughs> it's the Tasmanian tiger. Everybody knows that. And it looks like a dog and it looks and it's got the tiger or uh, yeah, the tiger stripes and everything. Perfect. A where yep. Tasmanian tiger oh, is where this so interlude awful. has gone. Yep. Okay. So, what do we want to do? You guys are at the docks right now. So I think a good plan of action, I guess, could be to uh, potentially meet in a bar, talk to guards and such, like figure out what bar they frequent, talk to the guards and all of that. And then maybe Saw and Mathis just kill a bunch of people in the middle of the street. Also, I'd really like... To figure out the schedule of how the guards are getting there and back, as well as any prisoners that may be, well, transporting there and, well, not back. How how do they get to work every day? I think that's a point that we very well could exploit. Okay. So... As you leave the dock, um, make a perception check. 
I love having perception again. Dirty 20. I rolled an 11, so 10. Well, a shitty roll doesn't really overcome uh, a, a decent perception. 11. 16. Saw sees it first. It's a stone plaque on um, on one of the buildings right by the, the docks. And it reads Vire's Five Promises. I would like to read the Five Promises. The first promise is I shall honor all coin. Mm. The next is I shall speak many names. The third... I may wound, yet shall not kill. The fourth, I know none are below me. And the fifth, I shall let closed doors remain closed. Anyone who has a knowledge local or a knowledge history can roll. Yeah. I will roll a knowledge history. Local. Unless someone else is very like, very much so better, I'd like to aid if that's possible. I have a plus four. Uh, I, uh, well, four to history is what I've got. Oh, okay, so we're... Okay. Well, you've got local. Yeah, do they give... Uh, Griffin, do they give different information? They give different information, yes. You can roll on both. history. With a knowledge history... Mm-hmm. I'll aid. You know that... Uh, Vire, the city, was actually founded before the Empire of Cheliax and was kind of absorbed into Cheliax because of its location. You know that it was founded on these five principles and they are the premier law of what is normally a relatively lawless city. How about those knowledge locals? Vivian does a good time of recalling the information she had from when she was in Chiliax. That's a 24. With a 24, you know the exact meaning of these laws. I shall honor all coin. Transactions are always binding and refunds are not guaranteed. Do not burgle or steal. Price itself is always negotiable. I shall speak many names. Names spoken in Vire are to be accepted as truth. Do not publicly spread visitors' true identities if they want them hidden. I may wound, yet shall not kill. Let your enemies live, that they may have a chance at revenge. If you cannot abide such threats, make no enemies at all. I know none are below me. Even the lowest beggar may well be a high priest of Norgerber. In Vire, all forms of prejudice are frowned upon, and the racist, the misogynistic, and the classist, and the like, must tread with care. I shall let closed doors remain closed. Breakings of these promises that occur in private 
are considered to have never been broken at all, lacking a burden of proof. But revealing closed-door secrets without sufficient evidence is answered with imprisonment. This sounds like, then, it definitely has to be a very public killing. I don't think that'll be a problem. No. I also kind of like this city. Like, (laughs) it's not, like, the worst thing ever. So, with those checks, I'll give you a little bit more information about Vire as a whole, even though those were kind of, like, the tidbits you were getting um, with with those checks. But you do know that Vire is, um, consider it almost like a souped up version of like a Las Vegas, but with like a very seedy underground. So pretty much anything goes in Vire. There are fighting pits where people place bets. There are um, brothels galore. Uh, you can, you can pay for pretty much anything you want in this city. As long as you have coin, there are even darker things that that go on under the city's surface. And you know that it's a very popular city for Chalaxians, especially like government officials, because of the laws of the town. Even though it's relatively lawless, the law guarantees your anonymity. If the law is broken, that person goes to Dunrock Prison which sits across the river or across the bay as a looming reminder of trans transgressions against the five rules. It's, it's pretty cool. I, I know a little bit about Vire from reading hell's rebels, like because it exists within, within Cheliax, which is so based in law and evil that they maintain this Las Vegas like city for their, um, for their like rich people and politicians to go party and live it up completely anonymous, just like cut loose and let off steam. It's kind of like the dirty secret that everybody knows about, but chooses to ignore and kind of like perpetuate um, as like a healthy release, like tension and stuff place. It's really cool. That, that puts it very well uh, from what I am picturing is a, anonymous like release for for everyone and griffin i think you put it very well uh and in as far as picture in my mind as far as being las vegas well speaking of picture your characters arrive at midday and what they see is rather confusing or it would be without without that um that very high knowledge local and knowledge history check combined the streets are not bustling. It's very empty for a city this large at this time of the day. And with those checks, you know that, well, Vire isn't... During the day, most people are sleeping off whatever they've done the night before. It would be the city that never sleeps, except almost everything that happens happens under the cover of darkness. So we would look very silly committing a crime at this hour. Likely because you wouldn't have an audience, and that's what you're looking for. But I think this plays pretty well into what we want to do, right? We have time 
to either hit a bar or talk to some locals to try and learn a little bit more about this prison. And then by the time that we know a little bit more, we can formulate a little bit more of a plan for you guys. And uh, then Matthias or uh, Mathis and myself, it'll be late enough where if we do something terrible, I'm thinking the third rule um, to get locked up. I have an audience. Makes sense. I do really like the the law of like don't make enemies unless you can back it up and defend. I kind of I like that. I like that. But well, uh, it's actually an exercise in restraint. mm -hmm. It's don't make enemies unless you can bring them to the brink of death without killing them and deal with the fact that they're going to seek revenge on you. Mm Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I worded that poorly but thank you very much that definitely also uh this information allows us to uh well do reconnaissance in the middle of the day under a much greater hopefully uh perception checks and things like that to know that well we can probably do well yeah do that reconnaissance in the day while it is less busy yeah so why don't you guys make um, – now, you're all newcomers to town. Um, Mathis would aid whoever attempts to do this, but um, make it a diplomacy check to gather information. Uh, you're going to want a, at least an idea of where to start. Yeah. Actually, uh, I've got some enhanced diplomacy. Vivian's going to try to aid that. Saul will as well. Yep, same here. Mathis successfully aids. So does Vivian. They Same. Li- they like tieflings and fire. I aid. Fantastic. So you got this a is plus going eight. to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be high. We're gonna go with a thirty from my roll, just alone. So a thirty-eight. Yes. Okay. Not only do you know where to go for a bar. You know that the guards of Dunrock, despite shuttling in and out of the Keelrack Harbor, you'd think maybe at first glance they would hit the taverns that are closest to the docks, but they actually go a couple blocks in to a tavern and brothel known as the Forked Tongue. And that is the most frequented bar that uh, that Dunrock guards go to. Okay. So we have werewolves, we have werecats, and it's possible we see some were snakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's go to the forked tongue. Okay. Well. I mean, it's still the middle of the day. Do we want to do a little bit more checking out of the of the prison while we still have the the dinghy? I'll give you this with your thirty eight. Okay. Um, it's going to be very hard because Dunrock Prison is kind of out in the open, like right on the edge of the bay, standing by itself to be inconspicuous as you kind of sail around it. You would know that attempting to kind of like 
you know, go in undetected would both require uh, excellent sailing skill and also um, also some stealth unless you're able to actually cast a spell that lets you kind of like swim in or something. Okay. Well, um, do you have an idea or do we have an idea as far as how far out the prison actually is? The prison is roughly a 20 minute uh, row. So it's like the opposite edge of the shallow part of the harbor. Okay. Okay. And the, and there's no like shipping traffic to hide behind or anything like that. You would think that the only traffic going to Dunrock is the guards potentially changing shift or the transfer of prisoners or supplies. So as of right now, you're not aware of that schedule, but with that knowledge local, you figure that it's not like a bunch of ships are passing by Dunrock. They kind of go straight out of the harbor instead of taking a right to go to the corner. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I meant by like shipping traffic would be actual like shipping of goods, but no one here would actually know anything about that. So, yeah, Steve, I'll take profession sailor when I level up, guys. Come on. <laughs> no, we're talking about your actual profession. <laughs> the shipping of goods. Oh, yeah, I know a lot about that. <laughs> I thought you were talking about my character because, you know, character, but yeah, I, I can ship stuff. Okay. Nice. So, you guys get to the Forked Tongue, and you enter, and there are people at the bar. Uh, make a perception check. Fifteen. Another dirty 20. Woo! Natty 20 for 29. 18. Okay. All of you notice that a lot of people in this bar appear to be wearing the same garb. It is kind of a gray and black uniform. It appears to be a uniform. Mr. Turner, you actually are perceptive enough to hear a conversation happening at the bar between two people in such uniforms. And one of them is saying to the other, Oh, that was a, that was a rough shift, wasn't it? (sighs) Unruly, unruly. They don't, (laughs) they don't enjoy being taken downstairs, do they? (laughs) And the other guy would chime in. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, boy. <laughs> old old Mac really put up a fight, didn't he? Well, we, we got him down to see her. And I don't think he's going to be struggling as much anymore. Speaking to our group before he uh, hears anything about that, uh, or before he potentially approaches the pair. I want to make it very clear that the guards have a way of making the prisoners more complacent. And I believe what I heard was Mac was her name. Mac was a prisoner. 
she downstairs? I, I didn't quite catch a name, but... Mac, on the other hand, isn't having such a good time anymore, and is definitely more complacent. It sounds like you're saying these are these are Dunrock guards, right? That's very true, and fortunate enough, my well robe and well slightly uh purplish get up wouldn't make my clothes too far off from theirs i'm thinking about i might be able to convince the guards that i am a cleric to read them their last rites and be well send them off on their way whichever way it is they may go Thinking of killing him? Is that no, what you're saying? No, I'm, I'm saying that I may be escorted onto the island as a potential cleric to work there, brought in as special project, per <laughs> se. I'm not sure exactly how their last rites are read, or even if that is the case. You're going to see if they need a holy man. That's... Exactly right. You can. Any blatant objections or possibly even the, uh, well, you, based on our plan, may, might want to ask for a holy man. I think you go ahead and go up, chat with him. I might buy one of the other ones, uh, a drink or something. See if, see if I can get a conversation going. I can help and bring cookies to give out. That's a good, friendly thing. Yeah, it seems normal at a bar. Usually, usually I, there's a woman bringing cookies around. I'm just an old grandma. They'll think nothing of it. They might wonder why you're at a bar at ten in the morning. <laughs> a brothel, even. <laughs> My husband died and it gets lonely. I mean, haven't you heard of the rich widow? I... I might enjoy this. Okay, so... What order are we doing things? Do we want to resolve Mr. Turner's conversation first? Um, we can do that and I'm not gonna lie, I, I think Nana Opal could very much so help out in the talking talking to those two that have ha- had a tough day as uh, well I mean she offers drugs okay I don't see how this this wouldn't help so as you approach them uh, Turner and Opal go ahead and make a perception check zero zero AK one. Eleven again. Eleven. Awful, awful, awful. Fuck. Yeah, you just notice them kind of drinking, and um, the only thing you think is that they must have like a night shift or something if they're drinking this early in the morning, or else they're, you know, 
I guess you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Um, or they're, they're on their lunch shift. Yeah, so <laughs> so you uh, you approach them. Uh, what do you say? Why? I, I, I don't mean to barge, but I, I couldn't help but see that uh, based on your uniforms, you might, you might be able to help me out. I suppose we could. What, what exactly are you looking for? I am, as you can see, a, a, a holy man. And as, as such, I, I figured that I, I might be able to solicit my abilities to the prison and, well, make everyone more in tune with both the afterlife and how they reach it. May Are I you say. showing a holy symbol right now? He, w- he would... You're a cleric. You could keep prisoners alive so they could torture them longer or do crazier stuff with them. The, the thing that I'm having uh, I- internal debates about is... He has to have the Grota symbol on him in order to do anything, but he normally poses as Phrasma, but he wouldn't be opposed to really choosing anything else. And so I want to kind of do the whole, uh, like, show a, a multiple to where it could be, like, I, I'm... So I'm going to go with <laughs> you're don't... not showing one prevalently right now. Because, uh, look, we don't actually know, like, I know what you're going for, Steve, but I don't think that these guards are inherently, like, evil, evil. This prisoner was putting up a fight. They took him down to get him Mm -hmm. silenced versus, like, they weren't like, so glad I got to beat the shit out of this person. Like, no. And that's why I don't think going with an inherently evil god, which Grotus isn't, um, right? Yeah, he is. He is? Okay. But, like, we could go with something more neutral, too. Or just Phrasma, which is very basic. Neutral god. I guess this would be a knowledge, poss- possibly a knowledge check to... It would be if you had succeeded your perception check. Damn. To figure out if they were following a certain... Yep. Darn. Yeah, just so pick one and go for you're it. You're shooting in yeah. the dark here. Fire from the hip. Uh, or you could show nothing. Uh, make a make an intelligence check. Ah, intelligence. Me too. You can as well. Intelligence. Good. All right. So I'm going to let you guys know. I have a plus six to this. Eleven. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of like me today. Feast or famine. Or wheel or woe. Here. Okay. As intelligence goes, I am very average. With a 10. Nana Opal, um, and maybe it's because of her history check before, knows that when I mentioned the rules vire under the I know none are below me even the lowly beggar 
could be a high priest of Norgerber. I mean, yeah, I heard that. I just didn't two and two together. Glad Nana Opal's smarter than I am. So Nana, I mean, that would be her first guess. If this town's tenants are formed on um, on something about Norgerber, the god, maybe that's... Would, would you uh, dis- disclose that? Because I could play off that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, she'd disclose that. Um, and she'd make sure that you understood, like, I'm assuming before we walked over, would understand that it's uh, a one-eyed mask is the symbol. So it, it, as far as uh, the the symbol that Mr. Turner would be most comfortable with uh, displaying would be actually Grotus. Because the the two have a a, a bit of a history and and tend to get along. Okay. You go up to the guards. You mention the need for or the potential if they have a need for a holy man, and they would look at you and say, "What god do you serve?" Why? My colors don't necessarily show it based on, well, the, the places I've been, but Grotus is who I officially serve. Hmm. That's not overly different from, from us. Well, I can see how you would be initially a bit hesitant at at myself being Grotus and the town itself being majorly having a majority following for Nogorber, but I believe it would bring a better presence and no favoritism. Make a diplomacy check. Cool. Nana, you can aid if you want, but you have to say something. Very low chance of it eating. Okay. Diplomacy isn't really my social skill, but intimidate I'm great at. Which makes zero sense. (laughs) (sighs) Not so hot. Two on the die, 12 total. Mm, Yeah, I don't... um, We don't really pull the strings and... Dunrock, you know. I could see where your services might be uh, useful, but there's really nothing I can do for you in terms of getting you an audience. I'm, I'm merely a night shift guard. Well, I can understand your position, and, well, I, I appreciate your time. And thank you very much for for everything. Uh, you have a pleasant night. It's ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> have a pleasant night tomorrow. Well, lovelies, 
Have you had a fairly good day so far? Mm, it's it's been shit. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm a baker. I'm fairly new to town, but I wanted to start giving my treats away to see if anyone would be willing to purchase in the future. Would you want to try two cookies? She will hand out a cookie, one for each. Mm. A baker in a in a brothel. <laughs> That's a and are those cookies over strange there? Strange notion. Cookies. Do you want a cookie too? And also, what better time to have a cookie when you're hungry after you've done the deed? Mm. I've been traveling a long time today. <laughs> Griffin's face is so bad right now. <laughs> what do you call these after fucking cookies? Oh, maybe that could be the name for my bakery. After fucking cookies. <laughs> you know. Okay, saw. So, um, yeah, I'll say you auto aid by eating a cookie, Nana. Perfect, because uh, I got that plus zero bluff. Yeah, I need a. I need a bluff check. You know. Maybe they could use a before cook or before fucking cookie that is uh, mm. blue. Oh. <laughs> so I got eighteen on the die plus nine, so I got a very very solid <laughs> twenty-seven. I rolled a natural plus twenty two, and it. Uh, and it doesn't succeed. Twenty-nine bluff. I mean, no, I mean, oh. my sense Ooh. motive does not succeed Ooh, with yeah. a natural twenty. All right. Wait, so had they been fucking before this? That's something you'll have to ask them. <laughs> Is that the kind of personal question you want to ask them? No. No, but okay. Nana will, will now feel comfortable. Uh, so she gives them the cookies. She gives them the cookies. Um, they take a bite. You see their faces light up. It tastes quite good. Um, they seem to enjoy it. Uh, the one guard's like, hmm. It's a, it's a bit uh, a bit gritty, but a lovely flavor. Yes, they're my specialty. In fact, anyone in this bar who wants a cookie can have them, and uh, she'll find a clean-ish plate, and she'll lay out the other ten cookies on the plate. Try them, they're brand new, and... Does uh, everybody see you pull these cookies out of your, like, robes? Yes. Oh, <laughs> They're wrapped in baggies. All right. Anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, so she, she'd kind of pull them out. Um, they'd be wrapped up, and she'd kind of lay them all out. Every single one of them is an intoxication cookie, which, uh, except for the one that Saw took, which leaves the uh, eater intoxicated for about an hour. Is there a fortitude save for that, or is it just happen? So if I designate it for the creatures that are eating it, it says that it functions as polypurpose pansia, which I don't see an actual save for. Oh, yeah, I found the save. Um, Because there is a save on whether or not they also get scarred from me. Jesus Christ! Oh, it's a secret little scar. It's kind of heavy for a cookie. No, it'd be awesome, though, because if they have Scar, then I can have them be affected by this at any point in time. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sweet. So, it is a fortitude save, and the fortitude would just negate nausea, but it doesn't negate the drunkness, because they're all willingly eating it. Alright, one fails, one succeeds. 
17 on the die for the one, I'm assuming, will succeed. Yeah, it's DC 19. Two on the die, I assume, will not succeed. <laughs> well, it's a DC 19, so um, anyone who fails uh, it gets a scar for the next seven days, which means for seven days we basically can make a guard drunk. Hmm. That hmm. could come in handy. That could come in handy. Yeah, it can. All right. I'll continue, uh, like, I'll lay out all of the cookies, and I'll hope some other people take it, and I'll look around at my companions to try to, like, get more people to eat them, but she's going to sit down with the two guards. All right, so you said there's ten more cookies? Yeah. I'm going to roll a d10 to see how many more guards uh, try it, because there's ample guards in this bar. So four more guards uh, try your cookies. And I will roll four fortitude saves. Okay, three fails, one success. So, so far, that's four scarred guards. Okay, uh, I assume you're taking note of their appearance, yes. which is going to be important later. So, the initial guard you scarred is a lanky uh, human he has kind of like dusty blonde hair uh, that reaches down halfway down his neck and you I'm giving you these descriptions but you're likely going to be able to like recognize them again uh, one another one is a half orc um, you can see he actually has a black eye which, you know, looks like a real shiner. Looks like it probably won't be gone in a week. So that's your description of that guy. Another human. Uh, this one's bald and he has a goatee and a scar over his left eye. And the final one um, is a gruff looking woman um, who is, she's pretty broad shoulders. She looks like uh, she might be like a brawler or something. Um, she's a little bit stocky, and uh, you can see that it's pretty easy to notice under her guard uniform, she has um, what appear to be hand wraps. Alright, a monk. Or at least that's what I see from that in my head. It could be a brawler, brawler, but... yeah. So, they are all intoxicated. What's your plan now? Nana would like to sit with the two. So, yeah, so that's a total, by the way, of six people who are intoxicated for who are scarred and probably going to feel pretty nauseous after they're not drunk anymore. Okay. Um, she's going to sit, though, with the two that she originally started talking to. Okay. Uh, one of them... Oh, so they're both intoxicated. But yeah. Oh, geez, uh, that hit me pr- pretty... Fast. <laughs> I used to being drunk at t- t- ten in the morning. Oh, dearie me. Um, maybe that hard day has done you in. What did you do today? I uh, was just. Uh, we had we had one of the. Uh, uh, we had one of the sacrifices today. We gotta do it. We gotta do it for for the Gorber. For my Norb, Norb boy. The Gorber. The Gorb. 
got to do it, but, you know, it's it's tough business because transporting, transporting the prisoners like that is just a... Uh, Oh, so what, a, what a hassle. Why don't they leave that for the day shift? Oh, do you work? did you work all night? I've heard uh, lack of sleep can intoxicate someone a little bit more. Make a diplomacy check. Fuck. <laughs> Natural 20. 23. <laughs> I got a four. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm on the I'm on the night shift. It's um, uh, it's long, it's long hours. We only got uh, only got the two shifts, and uh, I got work all all hours of the day. Just uh, I mean, a prison can't go unguarded. You know, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a big deal. You know. I just, uh, oh, oh, I still can't believe, like, grandma's in this brothel. <laughs> what kind of day is this? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to offend you. You're, you're, you're a nice lady. Your mother sounds like she would be proud of you. But Big just, responsibility oh, to take yeah. care of the prison. Yeah, it's just, you know, but, oh, boy, yeah, I should, I should probably call my mom. Yes, and, you know, it sounds like, nor Gorber would also be proud of you with this sacrifice. No, you, know, you just gotta uh, sometimes. Uh, well, <sighs> um, again, I'm new in town. How often are sacrifices in the prison? Oh, it's just a. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, can, you, can you give me another beer? Of course. She'll call to the bartender and raise her crookedy little wrinkled finger. Vivian actually walks up to the table after she sees Nana Opal uh, try to call someone over. And uh, as Vivian walks up, she's going to look specifically at the guards and see if they have any keys, like, attached to any key loops or anything. Go ahead and make a perception check. Now, if Vivian sees keys and signals to Nana Opal just by anything, Nana Opal will, will start. She has a conversation she will get into right away. Okay. 18? Within 18, you don't see visible keys on this guard. And you kind of walk, like the two that Nana Opal is talking to, I assume, are the ones you're kind of walking past. You don't see visible keys. Okay. She'll just keep walking by then. Oh, it's just, oh boy. Ugh. Is that girl really pretty that just walked by? I mean, like, I can kind of deal with like a little weird face stuff, but yeah, it's just, oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to get weird, Grandma. Um, okay. Just, um, did you get, where's, is, did you get me a beer? Is there, is there a beer? Can Mr. Turner make a perception check to see if he, uh, over, overheard that? Yeah. Yeah. Dollar for every time I've said the words, I didn't mean to get weird, Grandma. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. That is a 15. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. You overhear a uh, little bit of that conversation. You get the gist of it. All right. He's going to go up to Dr. Vivian and... Doctor, um, do you mind just sticking close and, uh... Well, jo- joining me at, at this table. Of course. I'm a little out of my element here. Yes, it's uh, it's no need. All, all you need to do is uh, is sit down. I'll, I'll introduce you. And he'll walk Dr. Vivian uh, at at his hip and uh, with her uh, his, his arm over her shoulder and because they are in uh, such, such an area it uh, gentlemen um, may <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help myself but uh, but over here you uh, mention uh, you 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 may need some company. Whoa! Uh, I thought she was just uh, just a patron. You saying we? I was just I, um. I, I, well, just um. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm pretty drunk though. I'm, oh. Well, just 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 let her sit, and and why don't you? Well, we can we can decide later. You know. Just, just get to know each other. That's all. That sounds good. I mean, I was talking to my friend Grandma over here. She's gonna get me another beer, so I might need a minute. Yeah. So I had already called to the bartender. Yeah, by the way. and they bring you the beer. He, uh, he like chugs it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So also, I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Or they didn't say it. Did they actually say the time that the night shift was? They did not. Okay. You could ask. Yeah, I already did. And I got oh, a natural I, 20. I thought you asked about, like, if, like, what the shifts are. And so he said, like, there's a oh, night shift and a day shift. And they no, both I go half the day. How long were they at work? And, like, when did they start work? Oh, okay. That's all. But. It's just, uh, hey, you shouldn't trouble yourself with, uh,. How long I gotta work, Grandma? I'm just uh, serve and protect, you know. I'm just like a pretty, uh, uh, just a pretty, pretty important guy. But uh, yeah, I've, just, I've, I've been at the bar since eight. We usually take the boat over, like um, you know, seven, seven thirty ish. Get off our shift at seven. Oh God! Oh, I really needed that uh, that cookie. Ugh. I feel like I, I need something in my stomach to sop up all this booze. Gentlemen, gentlemen, why don't you relax? Here, meet my friend, Vivian. Hi, Vivian. Just, oof. Are, you, are there two of you? Unfortunately, no. Just me. Uh, I, thought, I, thought I, gonna, I thought this brothel had twins. Vivian uh, will sit down next to him. Does she see keys now from this vantage point? Make a perception check. 25. Yep. You see them, they're like in his jacket. Oh. I could start a fight. That's all I'm good for. You are such an important man, you. But you look a little warm and uncomfortable. Like Ed said, 
relax. There's pretty lady here, lots of beer. Your mother would be proud. You deserve to relax. Yes, let me take your jacket for you. And he's swaying a little bit. Uh, make a make a diplomacy check. <laughs> I guess whoever's talking. Well, both of we us both did. talked. I mean, I can make so one, one can aid the other one. Yeah, I'll aid you. <laughs> I don't aid. She was too creepy. Yeah, I don't do well either. Seven. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. She's going to try a different tactic. Just, uh, you know, I got to... Nobody knows I'm... Uh, nobody's going to know that I'm uh, done rock hard if I, if I go ahead and take this jacket off. Young man, it's important for your rest to relax. Jesus, Grandma got scary. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. And be nice to this young lady and take off your jacket. I didn't do nothing. Be nice to the young lady. Are you rolling intimidate? Fuck yeah, I am. Can we cancel everything else and have this just be our show? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. No, I rolled a 17 plus 13. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't want it anyway, like, I guess. And he, like, takes it off and, like, kind of shoves it at Viv uncoordinatedly. All right, are the keys, like, with the jacket? Yeah. All right, uh, Vivian will try a sleight of hand. Can I aid her by distracting him further? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's appropriate. All right, so uh, Vivian gives, like, a little nod to Nana Opal. And then uh, Vivian gets ready to make a mold of one of the keys on the ring. Young man, it's probably 10.30 in the morning. You have until 8 p.m. to rest and talk to your mother. She would love you. It is very important. Maybe I should just go visit her. She's like, I mean, she's not that far away. Maybe like, I don't know. It would be important if you get to know your mother a lot better. You never know how long she'll last in this world. So, is that a threat? Are you threatening me? No, sir. Are you threatening me, Grandma? No. No, you, no, no. You used to be so nice, Grandma, like, from before, and now you're, like, making me take all my clothes, and you're threatening my mom. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> So do I also roll a sleight of hand, or how do I aid? No, you you would aid with, uh, like, your, I guess, your diplomacy. Diplomacy, okay. Yeah. I 100% aid. Okay. (laughs) All right, well, I didn't roll very well, so with the aid, that's only a 16. That's a flat check, right, to make the mold? So, uh, yeah... It's a 25, a DC 25 sleight of hand check to make the impression surreptitiously. But that's if the mold is attached to him, right? And that also says surreptitiously. Like, that's not to make the mold. Yeah, she just probably, like, jangles the keys a little bit as she's doing it. Like, it's not as sneaky as she would have liked. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make a perception check from him just to see if he hears the jangling of keys and maybe comes to a moment of clarity. 
What was yours? A 16? Yes. Sleight of hand. Yeah, he definitely hears the keys. Plus I aid. So I know 18. you aid. Okay. He got an 18 on the die. Fuck. I mean, he's still drunk, but... What was that? What's was uh, You're not as pretty as I remember. Gentlemen. Get this man another beer. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I, I'm... I, I apologize. I, I wasn't able to properly introduce myself. I, uh, well, I'm a aspiring cleric that, uh, well, holy man, and, and my name is Mr. Turner, and he'll go out to shake his hand to, or, uh, well, put his hand out to shake, shake the guard's hand. He'd shake your hand and, and be like, I, you, you told us you're the grody guy, right? That's very true. Uh, and then, in doing so, he will, uh, he will do a uh, melee touch attack. Oh. <laughs> okay, you're gonna what? have to, you, uh, I, I mean, I'm guessing that has a verbal and somatic component, right? No, this would be a supernatural ability. Oh, yeah, then. So, so, yeah. Does he need to make a melee touch attack if he voluntarily touches his hand? You could just have it. What do I need to roll? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Fantastic. All right, so. Uh, as long as I succeed the attack. Okay, there, what there, happens? There's no um, so, uh, Vision of Madness. It is... Uh, I can I can choose one of the three to be a bonus, and then two of the three to be negative. So I'm going to choose the attack rolls to be the positive, and they ch- and that is a plus three, but a negative three to saving throws and skill checks. Okay, and it's it's only three rounds, so it, it's it's more of like more of a, a a sickness, and they're seeing more visions than than they would have already. Yeah, he goes loopy and like passes out on the bar. Vivian will uh, take out her box with the impression, fold his jacket up, and kind of like shove it in his lap. Get all the keys. If there's more than one key, get the rest of the keys. You might as well. Uh, If he's passed out. I guess, yeah, sure. How many keys does he have? I don't know. Go ahead and make a sleight of hand. Every other guard in the bar is going to perceive this. Yeah, no, that's... Okay. Yeah. Shove, shove the jacket. Um, she's she puts the the mold like uh, back in her backpack, and uh, she gets up and looks at the other guard. Excuse me, I need to leave. Uh, that's a, that's a shame. I kind kind liked you. That's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll find somebody else probably before in the, in the morning. And you leave. For point of clarity of what's going on with Saw and Mathis, we're just at a table, like watching everybody drinking beers. Yeah, not doing. If you, if you need any help on a perception check, Mathis has you. But yeah, he's not a particularly diplomatic person either. With a plus zero, that was, that was my thoughts. Like I could I could roll out some perceptions, but I'm gonna I'm removing myself from any of this nonsense. Well, Mathis would can't help. Like at the table, um kind of nudge saw and be like 
how do you uh, how do you think you want to do this, Mathis? You heard the same tenants I did, and <laughs> I am guilty of taking the easy way out sometimes. And that third tenant seems pretty easy. Just gonna kill a couple people tonight. This town's sick, Mathis. It's not gonna take me a lot to take down some chelish. I don't like them at all. I'll drink for what's to come. And he would uh, drink a gulp of his beer. Tell you what, Mathis. How about we keep our little uh, shapeshifteriness to ourselves? I thought that was a given. <laughs> let's let's do this natural. Okay. Um, anybody else doing anything? Is there any information you're trying to get? Nanopa would ask the guard that she's still sitting by the other one, right? Because there were two. Mm-hmm. What about you? Your day was also rough, I guess, with the sacrifice. Yeah, got got a little, little more um um little, little, little more drunk than I, I thought. How often are these sacrifices? Yes. Usually, like, uh, once a week, but sometimes more. Is this guard's name Morty? Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez, Rick, I got re- real, real drunk. Ugh. Tell me about guard life. I know nothing. I'm always just kind of been a mom or grandma. I don't know anything about guards. You know, you, what do you uh, do? You make, you make, uh... Pretty, pretty good grandma. What do they pay you in this joint? Oh, I don't need payment. I just like giving everyone cookies. It's good for the soul. Mm, you, you have um, you have a very, very giving spirit. I like that. Graphic novel spinoff. Nano Opal Grandma for hire. <laughs> I love it. I uh, car life. Oof. We usually get. Well, you get assigned like a like a cell block, and you got gotta kind of yeah, you guard it for, for a little bit, and then sometimes uh, sometimes you gotta like um, transport prisoners. Um, oh my, that sounds dangerous. Oh yeah, there's some um, some mean mean bastards in there. What's been the worst? Hmm. Usually, um, like the oof, uh, one I remember recently, there's this, um, it's like, um, she's like a rock lady. I don't know. It's like something I've never seen. She was, she was real, real strong. And it took like six of us to get her, uh, get her into her cell. And we're kind of worried, like she's not on the, um, She's not on the uh, the sacrifice list just because we're afraid of getting her down downstairs. Oh, who would be on the sacrifice list? I usually like the really uh, like the the physically weak people. You know, it's just they're easier to transport, and sometimes like we gotta sacrifice them ourselves. Sometimes we gotta give them, we gotta hand them over. Oh, now I've always been curious. What do you do with those who have 
natural magic ability. How can you handle that? Uh, like, some, sometimes, um... Sometimes it's easy as just, like, taking like, what they use to do their magic away. Like, sometimes, you know, like, those wizards and stuff, like, you just take their book and they kind of, like, they don't really have much after that. Uh, but, like, the those those people that, like, got magic in their, in their blood and stuff, you gotta, you gotta put them in, um... We put them in, like, a room uh, where it's got, like, like, you can't make any sound in there. And then, like, they're they're pretty, you know. Wow, that's incredible. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, it's just, oh, it's, it's hard work for, um, for some people as, um, you know. And he kind of, like, trails off. <laughs> Your grandma would be proud. So I don't, I don't have a grandma. You, you for hire? I am proud of you. Just what's the cost? Gold. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> now, one question before uh, before we uh, part part ways or or what not that you you might uh, want to do for the rest of the night. You Stand. you 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 sound. Sounds like your position should... Well, are you at least able to to see the... Or or have some sort of view? It, it would be just just awful if you weren't able to see the sea as... As at least through or where your post is. That that's, seems absurd that, there, that you might not be able oh, to. No, oh, no, 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 nope. I'm I'm not on administ- ministry of duty, so I don't have to be upstairs. And everything else in the prison is underground, so you're not even going to see the ocean. It goes like like if you just you if you were a guard, you just like walk right in, and then you like you got to keep going down down the stairs to, uh, well then you like. You know, you find all all the prisoners are down there. Well, if you ask me, you uh, certainly have the capabilities of 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 moving up. I I, I do almost don't understand why you wouldn't uh, be able to. I I want to think that you have the certainly have the ability. I mean, move up to Destiny. I'm not a pussy. I'll, I'll fight you right here. I'm not a pussy. I, I do, I, I do the hard stuff. I, I, I want to be down, downstairs. Is this? Um, that's where we, we get to deal with the, the prisoners. Oh my! That sounds quite hazardous, though. Feel my muscles, Grandma. <laughs> I'm gonna flex. I'm gonna flex. You better feel it. Okay. Feel my muscles, Grandma. Joe pinches arm. Just, it's not enough. You gotta like, look. You probably can't wrap your hand around it. Look at me. <laughs> well, there's the, absolutely. Look, I could do the. I could do the titty dance with my pecs. Watch. 
Oh. Wow, you really have me beat. I can't even imagine going down all those stairs. How many are there, really? Is it just one flight? Or? Oh, no, no, no. It's just, it just keeps going down, down, down. Uh, until, like, we're, we don't even go that far down, because there's, like, stuff down there. Well, Grandma, yeah. there's, like, some shit. There's there's absolutely no reason that, <laughs> that, that well, either of us, uh, as in... Grandma and I would be able to take you. You are clearly physically much more fit than the rest of us, and that'll be a dis- diplomacy. To convince him For he's what? more physically oh, fit than uh, you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless he That's just much shit's down there. That was That's so- what I was gonna say. Yeah. 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 That works. So, yeah. Keep going. You have. You have to ask him. Oh. Well. Uh, as. A man as physically fit as yourself, you must find yourself, well, in uh, in the in the pits or or fighting these prisoners pretty often. Would you not? Oh yeah, I take I take care of them all the time, all the time. Yes, I've you know I usually I give a big give a like a big old uh, like a uh, chokehold or something. And they usually submit because uh, you know. Yeah, that's that's what I do. That and well, because all the prisoners are downstairs, you you must be well doing it all down there. Oh uh, no 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 man, it's, the prisoners are, are only like a, a little further downstairs. But then like when we got sacrificed one, of them, we take them way downstairs, like even further downstairs. And you know sometimes like. I, I've never seen her, but like sometimes the princess whispers, gets gets them. She's like, I've I've never seen her, but I heard about it. It's, oh, it's uh, it's a thing, I think. Oh, that does uh, it seem well. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Is is uh is a bit uh, frightening in in a couple of ways. Is it? Not she. She seems very capable herself. So I, I don't even know. I mean, like that's just what they call her. Cause oh boy, oh boy. Yes, when we don't do the sacrifice in ourselves, sometimes we gotta take them, take them to her. I don't know what she does. Oh, and and well, as part of the prison, I'm I'm sure she is part of the ward herself. Is she not? She's not. She's not an official guard or nothing. No, she is. She like owns the. Like the further down you get, the less prison it is. It's like a cave then, and then like she I feel like she kind of like owns it down there. We try not to give her any. I mean, we give her the sacrifices, so she keeps whatever else is down there. Like keep it all down there. So we don't want. We just definitely don't want that stuff coming up. That's like oh. That'd be like uh, bad. So you have a very scary person down in the basement, but they're on your side, which is great. I'm so glad that you get to work with this princess of whispers. Yes, what's up? Yeah, I mean it's like kind of like we're working with her, but really it's like, I mean. Oh, you should claim you are. It's good. Yeah, why not? Oh. That wasn't in character. 
<laughs> Acting. <laughs> but so difficult prisoners, though. Yes, yeah, they're they're around. You know, it's just like uh, <sighs> yes. I've yes. heard about a horrible wizard that's nearby, but I heard that you guys also captured him, and now we don't have to worry about them being on the streets. Make a diplomacy check. I'll aid if I if I can. Well, you'd have to I say something probably, but yeah. Auto aid. So I'll need it. Okay, I'll auto aid. Uh, <laughs> it's it's funny. I, I heard you were able to take him in. Uh, well, with with almost no trouble. Uh, <laughs> you guys are very capable. If you were able to take him in. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Like, gotta be more, uh, more Pacific. Well, I'm talking about. I, I feel like I should say his name. I'm talking about the evil A. And that person could be a danger to grandmas like me everywhere. So, whoa. This, that's kind of heavy, Grandma. Yes, and that's why I'm very proud of you for taking them in. But is that true? Or should I be worried? What? Well, I, I don't want to seem not as cool in front of Grandma, but... I didn't take her in. I wasn't... I wasn't... I didn't take him in. I wasn't one of those guys. You know, this was, that was like... From what I heard, that was like the, the Chalish military. They bought him... Here, I haven't really interacted with him much. Oh no, why not? I just, you know, he's just, I mean, I don't know, like, we just, I work in a different part of the cell block than him, I guess. I mean, he's kind of cute, but, like, I don't tell my, like, the other guys that. Diplomacy or bluff or whatever the hell I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Is it diplomacy or bluff? That's what I wasn't sure about. Diplomacy. Okay. So, 13. You know what, though? I heard something from Cyrus. Cyrus says they're, they're uh, thinking about moving him. Well, he told me, like, last week. But it said it was different. It was like, um... Well, I don't know. So they were like moving cells that weren't going to sacrifice him. I don't know much more than that, but he might not be where I originally thought he was, I guess. Well, I'm sure in the future you'll be guarding just as strong of prisoners as this one. You've got a great future ahead of you. I mean, I'm like pretty much the only guy that surrounds around that rock lady, so... Uh, I'm pretty tough. I mean, have you ever got hit by, like, a fist that's actually, like, a rock? And sometimes it, like, damages some of your, like, you go, you get a concussion, and you kind of are, like, you're not awake for, like, a couple days. Now, dearie, when did you think I'd be hit? I don't know, like, you said somebody was after grandmas, and I'm, like, (laughs) I'm worried about your safety, grandma. I'm getting a little scared. I don't want to see anything bad happen to you, Grandma. Aren't you just a darling? 
I'll see you again sometime. Bless your heart. Well, you just gonna leave me here, Grandma? He's looking for companionship. <laughs> I'm I know, so. out. Now I'm just like here, like sit. I'm sorry, but I need to go make more cookies for all of the lovely patrons at this bar. Don't you? Bluff check. <laughs> I still can't get over. He's a dangerous. He's dangerous to grandmas everywhere. <clears throat> Natural fucking twenty twenty nine. Fuck twenty five. Oh. You know what? Fine, grandma. It'd be that way. He thinks I'm gonna go make more cookies. Maybe it's just. I thought I was more important than the cookies to you, but I. I, I want to make them for you. I just... Mm, I already had my cookie today, Grandma. You can have more than I one. I already had I my tell. cookie, Grandma. And now... Now I'm... Now I'm full of sadness, not cookies. Oh, here's another one. And she's going to walk out the door. Because it's getting weird. And you just hear, like... As his head hits the, <laughs> hits the bar. <laughs> Alright. So you guys have we got yeah. a lot of information. Yeah, if we're walking oh, yeah, if we're walking out of the bar uh and uh not planning to really do anything tonight tonight, is that correct? Or any Wait. any sort of like You may have gotten enough information for Mathis and Saw to get in there and That's what I'm find thinking. where A is. Yeah. You yeah. kind of have like the, the shift when the guards go in. Now you need another plan to get you guys there, but you kind of know like when the changing of the guard is, more information about like... I think we've got a good amount of information. Also, I have four night shift guards that will become intoxicated at any point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so as uh, Dr. Turner and... Or, nope. Excuse me. <laughs> nope. Mr. Turner. You did Turner. not earn that title. Exactly. You are very proud. But... Uh, as he is outside, he is going to cast Lay of the Land for, and this will be in effect for 24 hours, uh, and then he'll again have it again in the morning. But he has a flash of recognition that is where he uh, learns the geography of the surroundings within one radius per two caster levels. And so, with the information that What's the guard the radius, was able, he said one radius, radius of one mile per. <laughs> yep. So with that, uh, he uh, is able to take in the information that both the guard had and disclosed, and will uh, pass that along along to or to Mathis and Saw as they are uh, well out, outside or or when they they meet up again, so that so that they also can know a, a very detailed. Uh, uh, map and vision of of where they are going to go and possibly where A is going to be. Unless the prison has spell resistance. So what? This, what is it? Read the spell. In a flash of recognition, you learn about the geography of your surroundings within a radius of one mile per two caster levels. Instant familiarly, fr- familiarity Grants you an insight bonus equal to your caster level 
on knowledge, geography checks, and survival checks to avoid getting lost so long as you remain in the affected area. Okay, so that doesn't give you a map of the prison. Not a map, but a familiar understanding of it. I mean, yeah. with Especially with the, the guard's basic description. Yeah, I mean, you know, you basically know, like, hey, in this one mile radius, it's all city, and then it goes to, you know, woods and whatever. Like, it's geography. It's not buildings. So you know that, like, yes, this island is about a quarter mile offshore, which takes 20 minutes to row. Mm -hmm. And then he would know about, all like, the the basic structure of it and... uh, would he know if there are any uh, entrances to the cave from outside? Definitely not. It literally not. just gives him a bonus to geography okay. and survival checks. Him. That's what the spell does. It doesn't like it doesn't like give you a mental map of like buildings and shit. So you know where the island is, and I'll give you this. You know that the prison is the only structure on the island. You know that there's one dock. That's what you know. Okay. Well then, uh, even with that, he would definitely be uh, know that because there there isn't any other sort of structure attached to it or anything like that. That it the the cave attachment is definitely within the the surroundings of the island itself. The cave attachment, if that's what you're looking for, Emily. Uh, no, I was just wondering because if this is a cave system it might have multiple entrances so we might be able to enter that cave system from a different place but I don't think we got that information you didn't get that information from the guards and from this spell you don't get that information as well you don't like see any cave entrances or anything the only information you have is that it appears this this building sits atop a prison built underground, which then seems to continue into a partly man-made, partly cavernous system underneath that may or may not extend under the bay. Okay. Either way, I I think it's a a good bit of insight that we can use again tomorrow. All right. What's the rest of the plan? What are you guys doing for the rest of the day? Are we flashing forward to the evening? Vivian will be on the lookout for a some sort of artisan that could make her a key from the mold that she made. Yeah, especially, you know, if you're taking the day and you're only planning to do, like, most of the next part of your plan in the evening, you could certainly find one. Perfect. She'll uh, just walk right in with the mold. And in a couple hours, they have a key for you. Awesome. Yay. So then, I don't think I have anything else for, like, daytime, though. So I'd be cool to jump towards the fight and death. Yeah, that's all I wanted to do. So we should... uh probably set this up or something. I mean, unless you... It seems a little weird to just 
kill random people in the street, right? We do need to present ourselves as threats to society if they're going to take us out of it. Yeah, but it's a little obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe we, I don't know, a bar fight or something? You push someone into me, I push someone into you. We escalate it way too fast. What do you think? I mean, that sounds alright, it's just... Fire seems to have a stance against murder, but Dunrock seems like the kind of place where they take real serious criminals. I don't know that a a bar brawl ended poorly is going to send us there. Well, what's going to be more serious than murder? I don't know. You think... um, you think our friends might be able to suss out if there's a certain Chalaxian noble? Oh. In town. So what you're saying is we unmask somebody, destroy their anonymity. And then kill them. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mathis, I, I like you. I think we're going to need the rest of the group's help for this one, though. Yeah. So he would explain that plan to you guys as well. Uh, You still have the day if you want to, if you want to, like, gather information or something. Yeah, it feels like some information gathering, like a general information gatherer would be good about nobles. Yeah, you could. I mean, that would be a diplomacy to gather information. It'd take an hour. I, I can aid, uh, Ed. Same here, I'll try to aid. I mean, why not try to aid? Coop. Vivian aids. I aid with a natty 20. Nice. Um, well, my rolls total 25. So, uh... I don't so 31, or 29? Yeah, I mean, if it was just two more aids, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are certain whispers going around town that one of the like masters of coin from West Crown is spending um, spending a week here in town. He's staying at um, the Midnight's Pleasure. It's a uh, it's a particularly expensive brothel uh, slash inn towards the edge of the merchant's district of town, so like the ritzier uh, part of town. You know his name is um, Lazaro. And he is likely with um, some of like his boys, basically. Like his um, he brings along like bodyguards and that kind of thing. Sure. All right, so what might be our best place to encounter him? This brothel, you say? Likely this brothel. Okay. If you go to the brothel, you might actually be able to gather more information. Um, but just off the street and stuff, that's the kind of thing you're learning. You might be able to actually perform the act of like unmasking him if you get some more information from the brothel and you know find him in the act of doing something strange. Yeah, I think we want to do exactly that. I think we should go to the brothel. Okay. 
Um, you know he is a tiefling. So okay. that's a defining characteristic of him. He he has horns that look like ram's horns. So pretty distinctive. Um, they like curl over the back of his head is what you've kind of gathered. So you go to um, the Midnight's Pleasure... Go ahead and um, you could roll a diplomacy. You could um, you could attempt to like uh, find and like stealthily check out the guest book or something to see where he's staying. the The choices are yours. If you think of another thing that might aid, you can certainly do that. Before we uh, get inside. Mr. Turner would address the group and ask, you know, maybe a little bit of coin could possibly uh, give us a, a a bit of a longer look at the at the guest book than than average. I believe one the fifth rule was uh, not revealing any secrets. I don't know how amenable they will be. But the first rule is transactions are final. Do we create a transaction? Do we think that he'd be going by his name? Oh, no, absolutely not. We'd have to know by appearance. Maybe if there was someone flashy throwing their cash around, somebody here might might have noticed that might have picked up a name then we could check the guest book for that I'm not sure that that'll get us the right guy but we have a description so I think it would be good if uh, Ed would go into the brothel and ask about a person matching that description like throwing around cash and just try to use his charms and if he has to use a little bit of silver to figure out what that person like and and what they usually talk about or where they talk if they talk about where they go normally or if they have a regular time also if you do get their name then Vivian could look at the guest book and see like if there's like other information about what, exactly what room they're in yeah yep gotta uh, figure out what his name is first <laughs> okay so, there's, like, a bartender slash, I guess, like, madame that's working the bar um, at this time of the day. It's not super busy. Hello. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you'll, you'll have to excuse me. I've, I've never been to a, uh. A, a place like this is this is uh, one of my first times, actually. Oh, a fresh face boy! <laughs> How lovely! Is this your first time to the city? You know, it is, and and it's uh, very nice that you ask. And you know, uh, uh, one of my close. Close friends, uh, 
rec- recommended uh, this particular location to me, and I-, I was hoping that you might be able to, well, uh, be able to provide me the uh, th- the same sort of interaction that that he has been telling me that this uh, particular location has the ability to offer. Well, what did he... uh, What did he receive? He didn't say anything in in quite particular, but I I was hoping to uh, get the same sort of treatment that that he was. And, of course, uh, no names are, are distinctly necessary, but I'm I'm looking for exactly the the place that he might have went. He you might have been able to recognize him by by appearance as as having some very distinct horns, uh, ram horns, in fact. Well, we do get tieflings in here quite frequently, but it it really depends if you think that. He got the services here or at another location. He was very uh, specific about this exact location, and uh, although he may uh, have been able to slip into the crowd of a few tieflings, he has a, a very expensive taste. Oh, and you're looking for the same thing without knowing what it is. Hmm. You are naive, aren't you? Indeed I am. You'll have to forgive me in that regard. Go ahead and make a diplomacy check. Cool. Thought it was good. Uh, based on that uh, initial sight, but uh, the, the light tricked me. Twelve. <laughs> Naive, to be sure. You know, what you're saying is just the slightest bit suspicious. I'm not one to give much information on my clientele, especially when they have eclectic interests. Wouldn't want to go breaking the laws of the town, would we? I don't see... Any benefit to giving you what you're so clearly after so easily? Potentially, could you ask what name he's going by here so you can, like, connect with him? I know you said he was your friend, so that might be difficult, but a name would be good. She also just asked what she got out of it. So, money? Yeah, it, it, the it, name sounds very obvious. Okay, it, okay, never mind then. It may, it may be me. a bluff check, but what you could do is say, I saw this guy, I was enamored with him, I want to know more, I've got a hundred gold right here, and I want to know who he is, because he's really hot. A hundred gold is obscene. I mean, Like, that's would... obscene for even, like... He's got it. <laughs> I understand, but that's like that is way obscene considering it's a place where like literally prostitutes are like five silver. It's the more expensive side of town, so 
I mean, where'd you get the five silver from? There's there's some that, like it's it there's like a range, but like either way, that's I'm thinking like most things in Pathfinder are actually cost in the silver range, and the fact that we're throwing a hundred gold that to me is very suspicious. It might be enough where she's just like, yeah, that's fine. That's as much as I make in five years. Go ahead. What do you want to do? Based on the both of your judgments, I would say 50 would be between the range. That's, yeah, because that's sure. still absurd, but like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Well, I, I, I think you'll have to forgive me for being... Uh, as new to this town as I am and I'm, I'm not well as well versed in, in, in the ways but would it be more appropriate if I were to show you that I have the ability to pay for the services that he too was able to, to receive and for your help in, in guiding me I, I, I think a, uh, a, a, an agreement can be can be made. Uh, I would say that fifty gold wouldn't be absurd in my in my range. <laughs> oh, you truly are naive and new to town. If the man you're seeking is who I think he is, those services cost five hundred gold a night. Just for everyone's like comparison, by the way, a standard prostitute runs five copper to one gold max. Just like a, any this prostitute throwing around cash is why I told him throw out cash. Like one gold is how much a, a wealthy person makes in a week. That would be like a thousand dollars. Yeah, I think what you're forgetting is he's talking five hundred thousand dollars. What you're forgetting right. is in this town, people pay for. Anything. That's what I'm saying. Well, thank you for f- filling me in on that. And, and yes, yes, you are. And my my apologies for for not being quite as upfront. Uh, certainly, five five hundred seems more than adequate to me. Uh, is there any way that you can? I feel like with this, I I might be able to at least well, be able to know exactly what he's been up to. Oh, well, with 500 you can experience it for yourself. You said you were interested. Is that what you'd like to do? Uh, And you're absolutely right. 500 gold certainly seems appropriate and very well here here is your your gold and absolutely would like the the services that he was well that he had okay right this way and she would lead you to a back room she presses a combination of bricks and the floor opens up to a staircase. 
it leads down in dim light to a chamber smooth marble floor and a bed with black velvet and then you see them three of the most beautiful women you've ever seen um but they they appear somewhat different roll me a knowledge planes if you have it really like this role to be uh, different than what I've been having alright how about that uh, 16 isn't overly bad these are succubi Oh yeah the uh, the matriarch kind of leaves you in the room and things happen but you now have the opportunity to talk to the succubi who are not bound by the laws of Vire and they would tell you amid whatever strange acts you Mr. Turner is performing that um, the man the only other person they've been with in the prior you know within the past several days goes by the name the mongoose with that information you could potentially use like a logbook or something to figure out where he's where he is where he's staying in this uh, brothel he wouldn't want to ask about the logistics of the brothel uh, if they knew anything about it as far as who exactly keeps the books and where they might be they would tell you that um, records of people staying here would be pretty relatively available in like a guest book they have no need to keep it secret because everybody goes by a different name Envire. So it's it's like one of those bed and breakfast sign in sign outs. Okay. Then uh, he would exit and uh, go back to the front desk to where I, I'm assuming this this guest book is, or yep. or at least yeah, off you, to the side. you'd find yep. And you'd find that he is in kind of their suite. Uh, it is the westernmost room in the uh, on the second floor. So, with that information, you know exactly where he is. Okay. With that, he would then uh, go back to the party, relay that information, and uh, saw. Mathis, the westernmost room is where he is located. I think a relatively simple stakeout could uh, very much so identify him by his appearance, and from there, you guys can do your worst. What do you think, Mathis? We bust in there, we kill the motherfucker. We bring his head out and expose him, violating 
who he is. That doesn't sound like a bad plan to me. And so it reaches evening. Everybody else, you are not a part of this combat. Unless you would like to go to prison as well. So, Saw and Mathis ascend the steps. And face down the hallway and the final room on the wing appears to have two guards out front saw you look over and you see Mathis again he's a large man and he's holding this huge sword in his hand this bastard sword looks almost like rough-hewn steel. And then he has this cruel-looking hunting knife in his other hand. Saw gives him, like, the slowest tilt of his head. He has his shield in his left hand and then slowly pulls out his own sword off, his sh- off like, his back. And, uh, again, because I have the uh, powerful build tiefling feet... This is a a large long sword, so it's effectively a great sword that he wields in one hand like a fucking badass. All right, and I imagine like the two of us are just standing at the end of this hall. It's like some like alien or uh, Darth Vader in Rogue at the end of Rogue One shit, where like the hallway's a little dark and we're just menacing at the other end of it, coming towards them. Why don't we go ahead and roll some initiative? I can do that. Damn. The more I think about it, I think um, our corporate expense, like, all right, is going to make this a corporate expense. Mathis is rocking an 18. What about Saw? Saw's rocking a 19. These guys are slow to the draw comparatively. First in the order is Saw Moon Isle. And for the first time in HLP, Evil Interlude History, Saw Moon Isle enters combat without enacting rage. Uh, he charges down the hall mechanically and attacks the first defender of the door with his large uh, long sword in his hand. I mean, he's... it's. This has to be terrifying. Just a a devil-looking fucking jacked, super tall guy running down the hall with a sword that's way too big. He swings it and uh, doesn't do particularly well. That would be a 15. However, they would be flat-footed. He goes before them. Meets beats on the flat-footed. Fuck yes. All right. Not too terrible. It's 18 points of damage. Oof. Big hit. Next in the order is Mathis, and his eyes flash that burning yellow as he charges as well into the other guard and swings his bastard sword. Natural one. Oh. Mathis blew it. Alright, it is the enemy's turn. 
they both, um, they're each going to flurry of blows, the two of you. So the first one at Saw does a 25 hit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, the other one's a two on the die, so it will not hit. Okay. Uh, so you receive... Nine points of damage. The other one flurries at Mathis. And misses on both attacks. You hear something from behind the door, but it's Saw's turn. All right. What what do these defenders look like? Uh, they appear to be human. You can see they don't wield any weapons, uh, yet they're hurting you. Yep. He just... Nothing personal, boys. Um, my first... Uh, he's going to make a full attack. Um, the first one's going to be against the first guy. If he kills the first guy, that secondary attack is going to move to the second guy. First attack is the bloody teeth dice. Alright, so that first attack is a natural 17. That's goes a up hit. to a 27. The second attack is a 15 off the die that goes up to a 20. 20 will also hit. Nice. Okay, so let's see if I kill the first guy first. I don't know. I have no idea what their health is or what, so let's see. Uh, it's going to be 19 points of damage. You do kill the first guy. Fuck yes. Dead. Second guy with that hit. All right. That is going to be 18 points of damage. 18 points of damage. All right. It's Mathis's turn. And he gives you a look like this is where the fun begins. <laughs> He's going to make four attacks. Griff, I love you so much. So the first two attacks are with uh, he swings with the bastard sword and then the dagger. Ooh, natural 20 on the dagger, uh, and the bastard sword does not hit. Let's do the dagger damage. Does he confirm the, the natural 20? Oh, yeah, let me, let me uh, confirm that. <laughs> Easy, 18 on the die. Fuck yes. I mean, it's low, it's a dagger. It's only eight points of damage. Oof. And then he swings with the bastard sword and the dagger again. I like this guy. Bastard sword hits. Uh, that's going to be... Another 10 points of damage, which kills it. And then... Nothing happens. You do hear movement behind the door. What are you doing, Saul? Uh, quick perception on the door. Just see what's going on. Is there anything I need to be scared about? Uh, 13. 13. Nothing seems off about the door. All right. Saw takes a five-foot step up and opens the door. Okay. That's a move action. Uh, move action to five-foot step and then move action to... Or five-foot step's free, right? Five-foot step's free, but you can't take another 
move, yeah, unfortunately. All right. Well, then he uh, he just walks up and opens the door. Okay. What does he see? He sees a man fitting the description that you had gotten before a tiefling. Uh, looks like he's armored. He carries a morning star. So basically opens the door and he says, uh, we can bring you in warm or we can bring you in cold, but I think we're just going to bring you in cold. Okay. Mathis is going to move through the open door 10 feet and attack with the bastard sword. He's going to turn power attack on. He misses. Next in the order is this guy who is going to attack twice with this morning star against Mathis. Misses with the first attack. Hits with the second attack. It does no damage. <laughs> oh God! Oh boy! Mathis's dr. It's Saw's turn. All right, Saw is fifteen feet away from this gentleman. You all know what that means. Saw can charge. So now the door's open. He just bolts into the room. He swings his large long sword. It's a sixteen off the die. That has to hit. At a plus 12 on top of that, 28. That hits him. Sweet. Okay. He's going to do 17 points of damage. Okay. Mathis is going to full attack. He's going to turn that power attack off. It seems like this guy's a little bit harder to hit. All right. Dagger hits, um, dealing four points of damage. And he swings with both again. Uh, misses twice. It's the, well, Lazaro's turn, as you know him, or the mongoose. He's going to make a knowledge check on you guys. How many hit die do you have, Saw? Uh, seven. Seven. Uh, that should do it. He knows what subtype you are, and an axe bane, humanoid shape changer. Sure. Um, I think I, I'm an outsider shape changer. It, you got it. Yeah, I'm just you got it. Shape I, it's yeah, weirdness. Um, I I do have a quick question, just for, uh, well, my understanding. Would this also apply to Mathis as well, because he is also of that same? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So he's going to attack at Saw now because he dealt the most damage to him. Um, Attack twice. 
Okay. I assume a... Well, does a 24 hit? Oh, definitely, yeah. Then they both hit. Oh, my God. Look at that, Emily. I rolled a one on every die. (laughs) (laughs) That was 46 plus 2d8. So he does... Yahtzee. 20 points of damage off of two hits with Bane. That's ridiculous. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> That's just so improbable. Yeah. Just wait, this next one, there'll be all sixes and, and eights. All right, Saw, go ahead. Let's see if you roll all ones on all your six dice. <laughs> no, no. Fucking I, bullshit. He'll get all those eights. Yeah, he'll get all those eights. Uh, Saw makes a perception check. Go ahead. He knows that there were two guards out front and there was only one person in this room, but is there anybody else or any other way that they could be seen in this room? Uh, that's going to be uh, 16. He doesn't observe anybody else or hear anybody else. Um, I think Saul would think that any other rooms in this hallway are probably keeping their doors locked shut at the sound of combat. Well, now that we're alone now, um, Saul's going to rage. We're alone now. That's exactly where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. That is exactly where I was going with this. I mean, also, it's possible this type of thing might, or well, loud noises come from all over parts of this hotel. So, Especially from the basement might- when uh, Mr. Turner's down there. Oh, he he enjoys that dominate person by the by the sunky bot. <laughs> He's into that. So he he takes this twenty point hit that he was banned against. He really doesn't like that. And as the listening audience knows, he certainly has a problem. And when he has a problem, he's going to find a solution. So when that happens, um, he starts turning into a tiger. The whiskers push out of his face. Um, his fingernails fall off and are replaced with these claw talons. And uh, he is a tiger in hybrid form, still using the long sword. So he is going to full attack. Okay. All right. I'm going to roll my first two attacks. These are just the long sword. First one will be the bloody teeth die. Natural 15 on the first one. That's going to go to a 26. Yep. And then the next one will be an 11. Which goes to... No, 11 total. Oh, 11 total. Yeah, no. Yep. Uh, then bite and gore. Bite's going to be bloody teeth. This is all power attack. Uh, bite goes to a 14, and then the gore goes to a 21. Both miss. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. So he really just gets off the long sword attack. The first one. Oh, shit. That's good damage. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had three attacks. I mean, four attacks. And I only got one off. Um, that's going to be 33 points of damage off that long sword hit. Whew. Whoa, I'm sorry. 23. 23. That would be uh, preposterous if that was. Yes, that's 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 yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. a heck of a lot of damage there. Nope. Not that good. What are you? Uh, <laughs> level 10? <something? laughs> I wish. Cool it. Uh, okay, Mathis follows suit, although his transformation takes a move action, 
So he just power attacks with his um, with his bastard sword. He hits and deals 16 points of damage. Okay. Next in the order is the enemy. Um, it's going to split its attacks now. One is coming at the tiger man next to him, and the other is going to the wolf man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? I'm not in Ustalav. Like, why is this happening? What the fuck? I just came here to bang a succubi, and uh, now this is happening. Natural one against Saw. Woo! And only a 15 against Mathis, which doesn't hit. Um, so he misses twice. That's that's what he can do. Um, so it's Saw's turn. All right. Uh, same cadence with the dice. Uh, same dice for doing the same things. Uh, and as he is swinging and biting and goring, he's just going to mutter, Fucking colonists. Uh, oh, God, that is fucking trash off of the long sword hits. Uh, the first one would be at a 13. Nope. That's not happening. Okay, so now bite and gore. Okay, bite goes up to a 21, which nope. doesn't hit. Okay. Oof, maybe I need to turn off power attack. Jeez. So nothing hits. Mathis is up. He turns off power attack and full attacks. Bastard sword hits. Dagger misses. Bastard sword. Oof. Kills him. Ooh! So Mathis, like, slices him toe to tip. And you see the... Tip? Sure. Uh, You see blood run down. um, And he's still in hybrid form. So you need to change back. Take his head. Before I go. Um, What he's going to do is he's going to put his, you know, he's got one foot planted on the ground. He's got the other foot planted on this person's shoulder. And he's going to attempt to pull this person's head off their body. Make a strength check. All right. I'm still in, uh, still in form. Uh, 14 total. 14 total. Uh, yeah, you don't yank it off, and Mathis just cuts it with his bastard sword, <laughs> and the head comes flying off. Thank you. Um, all right, and so Saw will drop his uh, his rage. And Mathis transforms back into a human. Well, now that was fun. Do you think we should... Take the head out to the streets. Proclaim that Lazaro is dead. Lazaro, emphasis on the person was dead. Destroy their anonymity. Sounds like a plan. So you and Mathis take the head out to the street. You're covered in blood. There's, beyond the shadow of a doubt, you are responsible for this death and the death of the two guards upstairs. And kind of like in slow motion, 
like when a bank robber in a movie like gives themselves up you have the head in one hand you drop your weapons and raise your hands and the city guard takes you and and as this is happening uh Saul's got the head raised and he just shouts to the crowd Lazaro was a fucking whore to the government free Sargaba as the guard descends they subdue you and Mathis who really aren't putting up a fight nope you get bags put over your heads and you are walked for some distance and then you feel the rocking of waves this goes on for a time before you're escorted and you feel stone beneath your feet and you hear locks locking and unlocking and you are kind of thrust into a cell. Your chains are removed and the door is slammed shut. And you take the bag off of your head and find yourself in Dunrock Prison. And that's where we'll pick it up next time on the HLP Evil Interlude. So finish your drinks. Because we'll see you in a bit. See y'all in February. Woo-hoo!